Hey, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Context. I'm your host, Kia Orion. Thank you so much for tuning in. It could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that uh, for everybody tuning in on audio, on video. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of content out there. The fact that you're here because my my audience at this point is so small. I know you're here just because you fuck with me and you're curious about what I've got going on. And I'm going to try to deliver today a little bit more on the music side of things. I'm going to keep it a short and sweet episode. Um, I did a bigger life update last time and I realized I've kind of been slacking in terms of the, the music Q&A gems. So... I've got some listener questions, and I'm going to answer those shortly, but I just wanted to give a quick kind of update on how things are going, what happened the last week, where I'm at, what I'm working on, and then we'll jump into some Q&A and keep it moving. Um, I Also, as a side note, if, if it feels like I'm, if you're hearing like me doing some weird stuff with my mouth, pause. It's because I got a, uh, I was doing some light sparring this morning with my boxing trainer, and he clocked me pretty good. And so I had my mouth guard and everything, but kind of took like it took a chunk out of my cheek. So I'm still getting used to it. Um, really speaking of which, we'll just do a quick key life update. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I'm learning a lot of things. And so the boxing has been going well. Um, there's still a lot to learn. I, I'm constantly trying to improve in these small areas, but it's, it's, it's one of those beautiful sports and one of those beautiful things that, um, is like an endless game because you can never like I think fully fully master there's always stuff to improve on and so there's it's just also when I see the road in front of me like how far I have to go in order to get where I want to be it's like incredibly daunting so I just try to take like one step at a time and I think that that's how I've just approached learning at this point in my life so right now I'm trying to learn boxing I'm trying to learn Spanish I'm trying to I'm not let me take it back. I'm not trying to learn anything. I'm learning boxing. I'm learning Spanish. Um, I'm learning dancing. I just started taking dance lessons out here. I wanted to learn a little bachata because I feel like it's a like it's a good skill to know. I tried salsa. It was a little bit too high intensity for me at the time, but I still want to learn how to dance. I think one will help me with my boxing. Two, I think it's a good, a fun social event because. Uh, out here, the online dating just like is not really doing it for me, and so I'm like, how could I also meet cool women? And so I like kind of the social element. It's also learning. I think those partner dances. I think you can do it earlier times of the night before it becomes like just like reggaeton or just like crazy bump and grind club stuff, which is not exactly my scene. So I'm like, it'd be cool to kind of get down some of those social dancing moves. My dad, I, my dad's side of the family, I have some Cuban blood in me, so. I need to learn how to do some partner dancing. So I'm learning that. I really would love to start taking some voice lessons because I think that's one of the biggest pieces holding my music back right now. And I realize that that's also an excuse, kind of a limiting belief to, for myself because a lot like Drake isn't like a fantastic singer and he's, you know, he's the artist of the decade. So I think Mac Miller wasn't a fantastic singer, but I do think it would be cool to be a better singer. So I've been singing a lot. I've been, um, I actually bought an online course for it. I didn't love it though, but it was cool. Uh, but I've just been doing more like daily vocal practices, warm ups, all that sort of stuff, and um, trying to find my range and and all that sort of stuff to to become a better singer. Because I think that that would be 
really cool um, and help just help my music. I really want to level up the music, which I'm going to talk about here in a second. And then um, learning kind of online, online marketing, music marketing stuff at the same time. I think there's a lot of marketing that I know when it comes to running a business, but the artist piece is different. And so I've been shooting a lot of videos for every single song for the song a week challenge. And it's been cool. It's been a big learning experience, though. So to kind of pivot into that, um, where I'm at in terms of the tunes, what I want to do, I've been listening to a lot of Russ interviews. And so it's got me feeling really motivated. And it was so cool. I was just like, he did this song a week thing and then took it more seriously and kind of, you know, um, it took off for him in 2014, 2015. And I finally feel ready. Like, I know I've said that a thousand times because it kind of comes away. So I was like, I'm really making some cool stuff. I'm feeling ready. And then I'll feel like kind of artisty, insecure, and, and pull back and be like, oh, I'm just not sure if it's there yet or I want to do other stuff. But I'm finally like, Kia, like, just go for it. So I've been making songs every single week. I shoot for like two or three songs a week. Sometimes they're trash. Sometimes they're okay. But I'm in the 40s now for 40 weeks straight, at least 40-something weeks straight, I've been uh, releasing a song a week. But I realize people aren't listening to them, so I want to create more video content for them. So over the last maybe two, three weeks now, I've been shooting videos for every single song. And it's cool. It's not like they get a ton of love, but they definitely get more attention than just the song cover art. And so now that I'm getting better at those, I'm still learning how to do my lighting. I'm still experimenting with a lot of stuff in that regard. But I'm, I want to start also doing more covers. I want to try doing some YouTube covers of popular songs that maybe get some like organic traffic that way and I'm learning how to run Facebook ads for indie artists so just trying to grow the fan base and follow the dream pursue the dream blow up as an artist um, small step by small step brick by brick and that's what I've been working on is spending a lot of time trying to make better songs working on my mixing and then also um, getting the music out there, doing more music promotion stuff in terms of video content um, and Instagram clips, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. So it's an adventure. And even if it isn't exactly going at the pace maybe that I would like, um, what is cool is to, I think these videos and these podcasts will serve as well as kind of cool, kind of like marking points to kind of see where my mentality is at to be like, wow, I just wasn't there yet or I'm getting close or whatever. Um, and I feel like I'm finally starting to make some cool music. I feel like the mixing is finally getting to a point where it's like, okay, this sounds good and, and professional quality. And now it's just figuring out how to actually find the people that dig those songs, dig the tunes, dig the stuff that I make. And to just trust my gut, make the stuff that I want to make, even if it's super weird. I got some really wonky, wacky dance tunes coming your way. I've also been leaning more into like my Drakey bag, just kind of uh, experimenting more with um, different vocal melodies and stuff. And like I said, trying to sing more, but it's definitely, um, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot to learn. We'll put it like that. So excited about that to see where it goes. I know it's something that I'm not, I'm trying not to monitor the numbers too much, not get discouraged by how few views they get. And just if I enjoy what I'm making, if I feel like I'm making progress, if I enjoy what I'm putting out there, that that really is the key to the entire game. And the, uh, the stuff that I have been making, I feel like, especially when I look back from the first songs that I made this year, to these songs, I think it's just a testament to, yes, the 10,000 hour thing, 
10,000 hour rule, whatever I think is important of just like really focus and dial in and your practice and make sure it's all good. But I also think there's something to be said for just doing something a lot, just shooting a lot of free throws, even though I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, and I don't have like a, a coach or anything like that in terms of just music because it's art and subjective, like trying to still pr- take it as seriously as if I were an athlete and, and just shooting a lot of free throws, showing up even when I don't want to show up. I make a lot of terrible music, but then you stumble on those gems and it makes it worth it. And I'm, I'm hoping I can sometimes dial in so I, maybe I hit those gems more often, but maybe that's just the, the journey of the artist. In terms of life down here in Medellin, uh, this week it's all good. I, uh, I've really been enjoying the men's circles. That's been cool, kind of getting in touch with myself. I've been, kind, I've been wanting to maybe dabble in a little bit of like some ayahuasca. I feel like it'd be cool to kind of do some psychedelic adventuring, but not exactly sure just yet. And also been doing, going to a lot of language exchanges, been trying to do these dance, dance classes three times a week. And really, like I talked about in the last episode, put the the chasing of the ladies on hold and just like really focus on Kia. That said, interestingly enough, now that I've started to really focus on Kia, there are some kind of small opportunities that have started to open up. I also think part of that is um, like moving off of online dating and more into like in person, just really making more of an effort to talk to women, talk to strangers in general. So just approaching women saying, hey, like what's up? And shooting shots in person because that's a skill, that's a muscle I really want to build is how to just approach, cold approach cute women and start a conversation, hold a conversation and be confident. And get rejected and not take it personally. Like anything else, it comes with practice. But had a date last night, that went well. And I did have, oh my gosh, I just real quick, I've got to tell you about this crazy date that I also had last week. And this is why I'm not doing online dating anymore. But the... I went on a date and the girl was absolutely gorgeous. Um, but she was, I don't drink. And so I showed up to the date. I wasn't, I showed up early. I wasn't drinking, but I mean, I drink these like fancy drinks if I want to feel fancy, but they're not with alcohol. And she's like, Oh, you're not drinking. I was like, no, I'm doing my thing, but feel free if you want to go ahead. She's like, okay, cool. She's like, I have like a glass of wine or two. I'm going to have a light night. I was like, all right. And then the waiter come over and she's like, actually tell me about this sangria. She's like, can I get a glass? He was like, nah. She's like, all right, I'll get the whole pitcher. (laughs) And so, so the, the waiter shows up and she, she, she's, she gets a whole pitcher of sangria. So I'm like, all right, I guess they're having one of those nights. And she was actually seriously, like probably like physically like ideal, like my perfect woman. But I think she's just having a hard time right now for where she's at in her life. I ended up asking some personal questions about like, she had some tattoos, asked some personal questions. I didn't, I didn't realize I was like, Oh, tell me about that tattoo. And it ended up being about her daughter that had died. So she starts crying and you know, she's had a couple glasses of sangria, so she's crying pretty hard. She 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 picks up her glass but drops it by accident. It shatters all over the table, like fruit goes flying, there's sangria like spilling through the holes in the table. <laughs> and 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 because she's crying at that moment too, when she picks up, I'm like I'm reaching across the table and I'm like holding her hand. I'm like looking in her eyes, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I think people looking around and she's crying pretty hard, like and plus glasses are smashing. And so people are looking over at us and I think they think we're breaking up or something like that. Like I'm holding her hand, I'm like, I'm so sorry, she's crying, sangria's everywhere. So I was like, let's just say the night uh 
it wasn't my best date. And after that, I was like, let me pump the brakes on the online thing and catch some more vibes in real life IRL and see where that goes. And so I got one. I had one last night that went really well and have one tonight. And um, I think like anything else, dating as well is like a muscle, just learning how to how to be be. I went to a book club meeting this last week, too, on how to win friends and influence people and really trying to implement more of that. And like dating, I think, is great. It's just like learning how to listen, how to be interested in people, how to ask interesting questions um, and how to how to make it less about yourself. And I now go into more dates with fewer expectations, just kind of going in with an open mind saying, if this goes wherever it goes and that's okay. And not trying to have it be like, Ooh, like trying to hook up with her or have it being like, do I do this? Do I do that? Just like going almost like no rules and just saying, let me just have as much fun on this as I can with this other person that I'm about to meet and make sure that they have fun too. And just be as interested in them as possible. And so that's been um, kind of a, a, a mindset shift as well as um, just working on being listening better, all that sort of stuff. So I'm just at a point, I'm at a very like growing point in my life where I'm really trying to become that man that I want to be. And and that even comes into having the balls to, to jump into it with the, with the music stuff and really kind of go for it. Speaking of music, um, let me get to some of your questions because this is, like I said, this is an episode that I wanted to keep relatively short. Um, but I did find some really cool questions this week that I wanted to chop up with you guys that I just felt like would make for good content because these are questions that I remember I thought about a lot, I think about a lot still sometimes. So let's jump into the Q&A part of the show. Okay, so the first one is by Max Newcomb. How do I mix an 808 as loud and clear as oh boy? Hey, everyone, I've been banging my head on this for days. How do I mix 808s as loud and clean as oh boy? So I'm going to be honest, Max. I don't know who oh boy is, but the key to 808 – the key to – any getting anything loud in the mix is understanding that it's contextual to the mix because you only have so many frequencies you only have so many decibels that you can push volumes on things so getting your 808s louder might actually be just removing other instruments with a lot of on low end i was gonna say on because oh boy but low end or um really or how how does it mesh with your kick those sorts of things do you even need the kick could you just rock it with the 808 there are also a lot of tips and tricks i would recommend googling uh what's his name he's an engineer google young thugs engineer he has alex to alex to um he has some really cool tutorials on how to get like really gritty like banging 808s but again those are like supplements you want to get like 90 percent of lifting from just making sure that it's clear in the mix, period. And then it's all those little tweaks that end up kind of making it, get, you know, get the, that's your special sauce. But I would first recommend looking into how is, does the 808 hit in regards to the other parts of your track? And that might be worth looking into. Okay, this one's That Boy 1000. Best non-free music distribution, period. Uh, oops. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to skip that one because I thought that was best free music distribution, which I was going to say DistroKid. I don't know the best paid music distribution. I'm going to be honest with you, so I'm skipping that one. Uh, and I'm an honest man. I only answer questions I know the answer to. Um, Cryo Paint. I've been making beats for 10 years and I still suck. Hmm. 
interesting. This kind of goes against what my concept was before about do something long enough and you get good at it. Um, he says, blah, 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 start making beats on machine, and never, but never grind it consistently. Hate everything I make. Generally think I suck at producing. Any tips for pushing through that? Something I want to make good, but it never happens. Maybe I'm too hard on myself. Listen, that's the, I'm, I feel you, man. I'm 10 years into my own stuff. I, I just today, I was listening to a track I made yesterday and I was like, this is terrible because I need to learn to sing. My joint is super flat, but you also, it depends how bad you want it. Right, so it sounds like you, when you said you've never been grinding consistently, I think that's the difference. Is yes, I still struggle with that artist, artist Gemini piece of myself that's like light and dark. Some days I'm like I'm the best, and sometimes I'm like, why am I even doing this? But I think in terms of the grinding, I think that's the point, the part that I can't, I can't say that I um, relate there because my joint has been just it's all the whole thing has been a grind. So I think that when you really set your mind to something and you really want to do it, I think then the consistency piece is the key. So rather than judging yourself on this, make sure you do it consistently. And then you can say, maybe I'm whack. Maybe I'm not. We're now something grinding at this for a long time, doing this on a week thing now. Um, and treating it more like a professional for the last year, last few years, I feel like I'm a better objective perspective on like when I actually make stuff that's terrible and being like, not everything is terrible. So that's a good sign. Um, this one's by Outlaw. Where do rappers like Russ get their samples from? Great question. Uh, because anything that has to do with Russ, I'm going to be a fanboy of. And that man really, I, just as a quick Russ aside, I've been going back listening to Russ stuff. Like, that, he's a legend, man. He's such a good rapper. He's such a good rapper. His melodies are super cool. Like, um... And he's just one of those guys that I really think it's just from grinding he does it. And so I respect him so much. Um, huge Russ Stan. A lot of those samples that you hear that like Russ Flips or J. Cole have listened to him talk about it before. It's like you're just like in life. You'll be like in the cab. Here's something that inspires you. You Shazam it. Use it later. Or you'll be in a restaurant. Here's something that inspires you. Shazam it. Use it later. Like you just got to use life to as your inspiration. And I think that's a big help. Um, this one's by Link All. I have an opportunity to send beats to Travis Scott's DJ. Any tips for sending packs and dealing with an artist this big? How should I, should I send the pack as a zip or just attach them through email? Not trying to fumble the bag. Yeah, man. Uh, Google this. There's a lot of people that walk you through it. I before I pitched beats to big artists. I pitched beats to ASAP Ferg's manager, ASAP Rocky's manager, a couple other big artists. You really want to make it as easy as possible for people to. Um, open and listen to your tracks. And then if they do want to use it, it's super easy. You want the BPM included in the song title. You want your name included in the song title. You want, if you can, the key in the song title. Um, you can attach them to email, um, but there's definitely an etiquette. It's, I've been out of the loop for maybe like a year on this, so Google it. It may have changed since then. But again, the worst thing would be for them to listen to it like the beat, but because it's like heart they, it's like just a weird title they don't know who it is they just like they get pitched so many beats so um make sure you come correct on that because you want to make it as easy as possible little friction as possible this one by it's now or never um is it mandatory to include the producer's name if you purchase unlimited stems no just depends on what the artist stipulations are i mean think how many um artists don't have producer names in the stems excuse me how many artists don't have producer names in the songs 
but some people may require it, so check it out. Hazy Main, how to prepare for the studio. Can someone please run me through your personal stuff for preparing for the studio? Yeah. Uh, so I record at home. First of all, why are you recording the studio would be my first question. It might be cheaper to just get a mic and an interface and make a little in-home recording spot. And then you don't have to worry about preparing. You don't have to worry about being in the mood. You don't have to worry about nailing the takes because you can just do it anytime. Best investment I ever made was having my own gear. And I just record out of this kitchen. I'm going to be honest. That you see behind me in the podcast. And I think I'll make some pretty good stuff out of there. You have to get really nice at engineering. Excuse me. But um, my IQ game is on fire because I have to EQ out a ton of terrible frequencies and stuff. But again, you got to remember people don't really care. So there's that. But that's not answering your question. Your question is you're recording in the studio. When you're in this, when you're preparing for the studio, I'd say recommend, I'd recommend doing vocal warmups before you get there. So that way you are ready before you, before you even walk in the door, you're kind of already rocked and ready to go. I'm not sure if you're a guy, you need to drink, smoke, whatever before, but obviously make sure that you kind of got that prepared. If that's kind of your thing, that's not my thing, but to each their own. And I think, um, depending on your relationship with the engineer, like talking to them about what you want and being really clear with them and, and establishing some rapport with the engineer because when you're in the booth, if you, if you aren't recording it yourself and someone else is recording you, there's a lot of small shorthand things that can get really frustrating or annoying if you don't kind of have that worked out and there's nothing like going into a booth with a stranger and like spilling your deepest darkest secrets. So I always like to try to establish some rapport with the engineer first, make sure we talk about, I tell them kind of what I want, what I'm looking for. And, um, that would be my biggest piece of advice. And then after that is, uh, get your own gear. Okay. This one is by neat restaurant. Very interesting name, my friend, there should be a rap name. Uh, great branding. Best mastering chain. I mean, hip-hop music was looking for the best mastering chain, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man. So there is no best mastering chain. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I have a subscription to Mix with the Masters, which I really love. It like takes you behind the scenes with all these amazing engineers. You can see exactly what they're using. And it doesn't take you long to figure out that every single engineer's process and chain is completely different. The guy who mixes The weekend, Elangelo, his mastering chain is completely different than um, the guy who mixes Jack Harlow and Megan Thee Stallion. What's his name? Leslie Brathwaite. Uh, it's just different. It depends what you want. Some people, it's like with Elangelo with the weekend, his plug and chain is like 60 things. With Leslie, he keeps it pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. And it just, it's whatever you need to get the job done. My master and chain these days looks like a little bit of EQ, light EQ. Um, it looks like some distortion, a little bit of distortion. Mastering is all about really small, slight movements. Like you don't want to be doing a making a bunch of big changes on your mastering changes. It's affecting your entire track. So when you're mastering, me personally, I believe it's small things, getting small things to stick out that you want, and then really it's getting the volume for the track. For me, that's where all a lot of my volume comes in is when I'm mastering. So I get my track to sit around like negative four to negative six before I send it to mastering. By sending it to mastering, I mean I just like start mastering, and then my mastering chain looks like an EQ, looks like some gentle distortion. A little bit of distortion above like a thousand um, megahertz, somewhere in there. It's like 800 and above. I don't like to do a lot of distortion on the lower end, but I do like to kind of bring the highs out a little bit, the hi hats, some of the vocals, some of the snare. Just bring those out. It gets a little sparkly, little, 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 little sparkly darkness on the top. And then 
what is next? And then I add a compressor through T-Rex. You can use anything though, but I just like there, it's, I think it's a bus compressor. And though I get about negative one, uh, I think it's gain reduction of negative one on the little, the little, uh, whoa, whatever it's called. It's the, um, on the little metering thing. I get it up to like negative one, which is like, it's just zero. And then it goes only like 10 or whatever, something crazy, 20. You don't want to add a ton of compression, again, to your mastering track, but you do want to maybe glue it a little bit together. And with your compressor as well, you can get a little bit of volume. So I start to get some of the volume from the compressor. I get about negative uh, 1 dB of headroom, something pretty slow attack, pretty slow release. It's nothing super crazy. And then I get uh, most of my the, – the, the sauce when it comes to mastering is in your – if you have a soft clipper. Before, I would use a limiter. But the reason I like a soft clipper is because you can control the kind of ang like I don't know the word for it, but the angle kind of the waveform shape of how the how the um, kind of the frequencies like they're gonna knock up against it. So it's like a limiter is pretty much just like you've got you get what you get on the limiter where you can as a soft clipper you can kind of change to like more of a sign or like more of like a soft sign kind of a curve. You can have more of like a curve. And I just like a soft clipper a lot. So I get almost all my volume from a soft clipper. And then I'll add a limiter at the very end of the chain. Actually, I'm lying. Almost very end of the chain um, with the, my uh, FabFilter Pro L2. And then I'll maybe boast only like 1.5 or 2. But I just, if I'm going to have anything I'm like clipping in that limiter, it's going to be the kicks and the snares. And that's it. I don't want my whole track like clipping on that thing. So, um a little bit of maybe light limiting at the end if it needs it. And then at the very end, when I said I lied, is you want some sort of a loudness metering thing. There are a bunch of different plugins out there. I use one. It's called Ulean. It's free. And I like to bring my tracks in on Spotify. They want, it's called Luffs. It's too much to describe it right now, but it's pretty much like the overall general, how loud the track is as a whole. I like to bring my join in at around negative 12 to 10, negative 13 to negative 10, somewhere in there. But Spotify, no matter how loud it is, they're going to compress it so it's a negative 13 luffs. So you can push it past. I don't know what that is, but you can push it past that a little bit. If you hear that, it sounds like. Those sound like gunshots to you? Fireworks, maybe? Huh. I think those might be. Let's say those are fireworks. Um, and this one is by Adomit. How should the lead vocal be treated different to a double? Um, this is hi guys. I usually make aggressive music on trap beats. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, maybe we'll put this on pause for a second. Let's pause this.